Welcome to the podcast of Fairmount Presbyterian Church in Cleveland Heights, Ohio, where we feature our worship sermons. Listen again to past sermons from home, when you are traveling, or wherever you are. Listen in if you need a moment of reflection, inspiration, and love. So I would wager to say that most of us in this room have heard the story that Pastor Jim just told us a number of times, perhaps too many times to count. And so it can be hard to hear this story fresh, which is part of why we've had Jim with us this morning, because hearing it told as a story helps us to hear things a little bit differently. Now, if we were listening to the Gospel of Matthew for the first time, all the way through, this story would be unexpected for us. We'd be more used to stories, parables, that begin in a familiar way. There was a sower sowing seeds, a woman getting ready to make bread, a merchant searching for pearls, a fisherman sorting his catch. The stories we would have heard so far all started out with a relatable scene, things that we could imagine doing or know people who did. And then those stories were transformed into having new meaning, much of which was lost on the hearer in the form of that parable. But this story sets, flips the setup a bit, and it starts with an out-of-the-ordinary scene, the Son of Man seated on a throne for the final judgment. This is the first time that we're hearing something like this. In the story, we move from the unfamiliar setup to hearing about ordinary, even daily activities like visiting people. If we were listening to the first time, it's not what we would expect to hear. We might expect some sort of line of questioning around professing our faith in Jesus or accomplishing big things in God's glory, not being asked if you've acted with care towards those around you. What I find particularly interesting about this story, though, is that neither the goats who we know got it all wrong, nor the sheep who did things right, knew what they were doing or neglecting to do, had anything to do with Jesus. The goats seemed to be doing whatever they thought they were supposed to do when they saw Jesus and interacted with him. Their response to Jesus was centered around his person and didn't go much farther than that. Whereas the sheep were going about their daily lives, cultivating this noticing, being present to, and caring for others, And they didn't necessarily connect this to being in relationship with Jesus. Now, we hear this story, and it's clear that we don't want to be a goat. We want to be solidly on team sheep. And so it can be easy, then, to read this text as a to-do list. I dropped off some beans at the free little pantry. Check. I brought my old clothes to Goodwill. Check. I brought a milkshake to a friend who had COVID. Check. I even greeted some people at the door this morning. Check, check, check. I did all the things Jesus told me to do. But friends, this isn't a to-do list. If it was, it'd be like one of those perpetual calendars where you get to the end of the year and then it all starts over again. No, these words of Jesus pointing out that whatever we do for another, for the least of these, we do for him, it's a way of life a way of life that's present to others and helps us to be present to God. 
and not just our friends and the people we like visiting with, but also the folks that might not occur to us to say hello to, let alone bring a cup of water. Now, we planned the preaching schedule and the text a while ago, and so it's been several months that this text has been gnawing at me, baaing at me, if you will. And a few weeks ago, I was having stress dreams about preaching this story. See, my job description here at Fairmount is fairly inwardly focused, taking care of this flock. I don't spend large chunks of my week out and about cultivating relationships in the greater community, so what could I possibly have to say on being present to the community Sunday? I would wake up from these dreams thinking, oh man, am I getting it all wrong? Am I living my life in all the wrong ways? Am I a goat? (laughs) I was able to shake those dreams, but this question, am I a goat, and this story continued to linger in my subconscious. I can very easily feel like I'm not doing enough. I'm not showing up in the right places for the right people. I'm not doing enough of the public parts of ministry as I should. And it was only this week that I was able to wake up and say, well, hello, comparison, you have thieved my joy. I have to keep reminding myself that we are all created in God's image and given gifts and passions and skills that we hone and practice that bring joy to our lives and to the lives of others. And how we live those things out, how we live in response to God's call, looks different for each of us. Not good or bad, just different. And so how we each live out Jesus' instructions will look different for each of us. I listened to a podcast by Emily P. Friedman called The Next Right Thing, And quarterly, she does a show about what's saving her right now. Now, by that, she means things in her life that are bringing her joy, that are helping her to have a deeper connection to God, to her family, things that help her to remember that she is enough or that the world is actually a pretty wonderful place. This phrase hadn't really resonated with me until this week when I was sitting in a third-grade recorder concert concert season, you might know. And in the last two weeks, I've had the privilege of going to two third grade recorder and fourth and fifth grade band and orchestra concerts. And in the process, I've gotten to see three of our Fairmount kids, one of which lives in my house. Now, I joked with people as I was heading out the door both times, oh boy, here we go, recorder concert. See, Max, in his third grade year, of of recorder time was COVID at home time. And so I heard a lot of recorder. And often it was at 7.45 in the morning before I had my coffee. It's hard to listen to a recorder student learn to practice their instrument at 7.45 before you've had coffee, I will just say. And because it was COVID season, he never had a concert where he and his classmates could display their skills. So, as I walked into the gym of Fairfax Elementary School just up the road here, I was happy to be there. But I was also kind of geared up for the experience and had definitely taken Advil on the way in. But can I just say, the third grade recorder players at Fairfax are incredible! They blew me out of the water! They played slow, they played fast, they played with a musical recording, they played Ode to Joy, and it was joyful. 
I didn't know hardly anyone in the gym that afternoon other than that one student and his family that I was there to see, but the joy and the pride in that room was palpable from the students, the teachers, and from those of us assembled to listen. Now, there were two women who were sitting behind me, and they had a third person with them on FaceTime on their phone who was in New Orleans. And they were singing and clapping along like they had paid good money to see these famous musicians in concert. And when the student that I was there to see also did a violin solo, they didn't know what was going on. They nearly lost it. They were so impressed. They didn't know him. They didn't know that his family was sitting right in front of them. But man, did they show up. And their presence was infectious. And I joined them in whooping in appreciation at the end of each and every song, even the orchestra songs that I think might have just been really slow scales. I didn't know the parents, teachers, or kids in that room, but I can imagine the work and the effort that they all put in to make that moment happen. And at the end of the day, all these kids wanted was for someone to show up for them and listen to them play. The women sitting behind me didn't end up on the front page of the newspaper for being there and listening, being present to that gathered community. And most of the kids in the room are never going to know who those ladies were. I don't even know who those ladies were. But they added to the assembly of people who had shown up just to listen and to cheer on those kids, to celebrate with them in what seemed like such an ordinary moment, but a moment that really mattered in their lives. Now, if we're being honest, there were moments in the concert that were harder to listen to, but we all stuck with it, and the woman behind me called the rest of our attention to the beauty in each squeak and mistimed note and sheer determination that we were watching. Isn't that what God calls us to? Sometimes it looks like a protest march, standing up and calling out publicly for justice, It could look like the work many members of the greater Cleveland congregations have been doing in listening to families whose children have been incarcerated, hearing painful and unjust stories, and figuring out how to respond and change the system. It can look like lowering our defenses so that we can honestly hear the places and situations where we've messed up and need to correct. And sometimes it looks like showing up for a third, fourth, and fifth grade band concert. Now, when I got to my son's elementary school for their concert this past week at Boulevard, I was cheering for Max, my own kid, and another member of Fairmount who happens to be in his class. I was cheering for teachers and students I knew and who knew me, or at least might recognize my face, and congratulating parents that I knew on how well their kids had done. Now, Max is a fifth grader, so he's moved past the recorder, thanks be to God, uh, and now plays the flute. And in the middle of the concert, the band teacher announced that Max and another student were going to play a duet. Now, I happened to be standing next to that student's dad, and we looked at each other like, did you know this was going to happen? No, okay. Surprise. And the whole room listened to my kid and clapped for my kid 
And the joy on his face wasn't just because Tim and I were there, but because there was a whole community of people around him cheering him on, people who didn't even know who he was, showing up, listening, loving him. And it came to me that what is saving me right now is third, fourth, and fifth grade band concerts. I had a colleague in Pennsylvania who would talk about the way that the congregation we served could show him love and support by loving and supporting his kids. And that stuck with me. And I can't help but think it's the same for Jesus. The way that we love Jesus, the way that we show our praise and thankfulness to God is by loving God's children, every last one of them, in ordinary ways that become a normal part of our lives. We do need to be mindful that cultivating this kind of lifestyle involves discomfort and dis-ease and lean into it. It's not just showing up for the people that we want to show up in the ways that also make us feel all warm and fuzzy. I mean, that's part of it, sure, but we also need to challenge ourselves to go further than that. And I've seen you, I've seen Fairmount doing just that in this past year. I've seen you all getting curious about what it really means to be present to the community beyond our walls, about figuring out who those folks are and how to lean in to listen before acting. I've seen you learn more about issues that you'd never even heard of before. I've seen you show up to listen to a queer recording artist and their community sing and talk about trauma they've experienced in church. I've heard you offer prayers for a child in the legal system that you'd never met, but you're coming to love. I've read your emails suggesting different community organizations that you're finding out about and you think Fair might, might want to partner with. I've sat with you in other churches' worship services, singing and listening and loving and being welcomed. I've experienced you caring for each other, strengthening those muscles, so to speak, so that leaning toward people you don't know and showing up for them comes more naturally. I've also heard your frustrations for the difficulty of this work, this way of life, finding your way into authentically living out this call and also giving yourself permission to change course if what you've tried to get involved into isn't the right match. I've listened as you honestly talk about being stretched and how that can be painful and embarrassing. And I've heard you struggle to know if you're doing what God asks of you. Friends, even butterflies don't get to live their whole lives in their most glorious winged way. They spend a lot of their time crawling around on their hands and knees trying to grow beautiful and effective wings while hanging upside down on a dark chrysalis. What makes us think that we would be any different? In just a moment, we're going to hear another story of living life present to the community. And then you're going to have the opportunity to reflect on your own stories. And you have them. I know that you do. And I cannot wait to hear them and to read them. And if you have a concert coming up or know someone who does, invite me, please, because I really want to go. Because whether we know it or not, Jesus is going to show up there, and I want to have a front row seat. Friends, may we all be surprised by the ways in which Jesus shows up in our midst 
and gives us the opportunity to love and to serve him. Hallelujah and amen. We thank you for listening to a worship episode from Fairmount Presbyterian Church. Revisit this podcast site weekly for new worship episodes. Have a beautiful and blessed day.